Jesus. I'm thankful he is that friend. That sticks closer than a brother in this life. Unfortunately, friends come and friends go. I heard a preacher say one time, and a very well-known preacher, if I would have called his name, you know, a lot of you in here would know him. Uh, preaches all over this country. And he told me one time, he said, son, he said, if you have five good friends, he said, you are a blessed, blessed man. Yes. He said, I've got, I've got acquaintances. He said, I've got friends all over the country, but I, he said, I can't depend on all of them. He said, if you've got five men that you can bear your soul with, go with you in prayer, go with you in battle before the Lord, he said, you are a man most blessed. The longer that I live, I realize there's a lot of wisdom in those words. Amen. I'm thankful. Amen. That I have a friend. Amen. By the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I was included in a Facebook group uh, that... Last night, they're trying to do a fundraiser at my former high school and reaching out to alumni, asking for financial support. And uh, I was just seeing some of the names there. I haven't seen them since graduation, haven't talked to them. Uh, Being in a small town, which I was in, I saw them every day of my life for, well, every day we were in school for 13 years. And I remember... We had a, a huddle before graduation, before our ceremony, and we all talked and, and made vows. We're not going to drift apart. We're all going to stay close. We're never, we're always going to stay in contact. And that was the last time I spoke to most of them. And man, just life takes you different places. Uh, the, 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 honestly, the will of God sometimes carries you other places. Man, but I'm, I'm thankful that no matter where I've gone, I've got a friend. By the name of Jesus. And the Bible says he will go with us all the way, even to the end of the age. Amen. He has been a friend most faithful. Again, it's so good to have everyone with us in the house of the Lord. Appreciate your faithfulness, my boy, to the house of the Lord. May God bless you and honor you tonight. It's so good to have Brother Rada back in service with us. Brother, if you will stand and testify for us tonight. Put you on the spot. Embarrass him a, a bit, but I was working with Brother Daniel last night, and uh, he was sharing with me. Uh, Brother Daniel gave his testimony many years ago at church, and that morning his dad rededicated his life back to the Lord in that service. And I told him, I said, man, if you never win another convert, if you never preach a revival, having that memory of uh, obeying God and seeing your dad rededicate his life to the Lord, and that's a treasured memory. Amen. Uh, I thank God. For that testimony tonight. Someone else have a testimony on your heart you want to share.
God for answering prayers. Um, he is a prayer answering God. We were um, at work and had been invited to participate at a job fair yesterday at, uh, down in Gulf Shores, and I think there were about 20 organizations there trying to uh, hire individuals for work. It's hard to find workers nowadays. Um, I was dealing with a, a lady at a condo uh, company or talking to her at the fair and she says that they have over 100 openings right now that it just they would hire anybody that would just be willing to work it's sad we live in the greatest country in the world wow. nobody wants to work but that's a side note I'll get off that <laughs> amen yeah. but uh, was at the job fair and we got invited and it was just last minute uh, we're trying to fill some, some openings that, that we have and on Mondays, I have a strategy meeting with the directors that report to me, and um, every Monday, I, I open up that meeting with prayer, and um, to, to pray over our leaders, to pray over our staff, to pray over their families, and um, that that particular day, there was we had invited someone else into the call, and before I could open up with prayer, they jumped in and started talking, and, and I just let them talk, and they went on there gave their information and when they hopped off the call I kicked it over to one of the directors he said no sir he said I'm kicking it back to you you didn't get to pray and I said all right let's pray and I, I remember praying over them over their families and I said Lord uh, you've opened up the door for this job fair tomorrow I pray right now that you would lead and guide us to even if it's just one hungry heart that's looking for work that meets what we need. I pray that you'd lay it on their heart right now to, to prepare them to get them ready and lead and guide their direct our steps and lead us to them tomorrow. And uh, I'll close the prayer, went on about the meeting yesterday. We went to the job fair in the first hour, a job fair. People are offering jobs on the spot. In the first hour, nobody showed up. Again, sad. But they started filtering in, and the way that our table was. I saw people filtering in, and they were filtering out, but they weren't coming by. And I saw this. I, I told my team, I said, well, if they're not coming to us, I'm going to them. So I, an underhanded business tactic, I went by the front door, or the front entrance way. I said that my hand is going to be the first hand they shake, and struck up a conversation with them. And I said, come on, come to my booth. Let me tell you some information. But there was an elderly, an older couple there, and I know it's a lengthy story, but I just struck up a conversation with them, made small talk, and uh, they said that their granddaughter was in the area and possibly looking for work and just talking to them. And about 30 minutes went on, I saw them walking with a young lady. And I said, does this happen to be your granddaughter? She said, it, it does. And I said, well, come here, let me give you some information about Waldorf. Are you looking for a job? She said, yes. And we went through our interview questions. I offered her the job on the spot. She accepted and the grandparents came back and was talking to us, and uh, the grandmother teared up, and uh, she said, you don't realize what this means, and I just let her talk, and she said, God answered our prayers. She said, last night, I was talking with my granddaughter, and she wanted to move down into our area, and uh, she was coming to the job fair, and she said, uh, we started praying that the Holy Spirit would lead us to the right place. Amen. And she said that she wrote down on a piece of paper 
the three things that she was looking for in a job. She had started her college education. Number one, she wanted to be able to finish her college education. She wanted to work in a university setting. And number three, she wanted to work at a faith-based Christian institution. And she said, when we were talking to you, she said, you checked all three boxes. And I said, well, what you didn't know was yesterday we were praying that the Holy Ghost would lead the right person to us. And I said, every box we're looking for, she checks. So I believe that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Amen. And I believe that if you're willing to pray and seek the face of God, amen, he will meet and answer your prayers. Since it may take five years, it may take less than 24 hours. Amen. But it's worth waiting and praying and believing on God for. Amen. And he will supply the results. Someone else want to testify tonight. good God. If you have your Bibles, I want to turn with us tonight to the book of Genesis, chapter number 6. I have the simplest of simple thoughts tonight, <clears throat> and would just share my heart with you. If you're looking for a theological uh, masterpiece, I don't have that for you tonight, but I do have a word from the Lord for you. Amen. And I uh, believe he wants to talk to us tonight. How long or how short it may be. Amen. I believe he wants to talk to us and help us tonight around these altars. Genesis chapter number 6, as you're standing, and as we pray, um, when we pray over the service, pray for Brother Eddie as he preaches and closes out revival tonight um, at the Movella Assembly of God. Pray that the Lord would use them mightily and uh, give them a great service as well. Uh, remember Pastor's Appreciation this Sunday uh, as we honor Brother Eddie and Sister Kim. Uh, help us if you can with uh, dinner in the back. We're going to have dinner on the grounds after service. If you don't know what to bring, talk to Sister Becky. She'll line you up. And uh, let's make it a great day in the Lord. Brother Mike Howell is going to be here. Phenomenal man of God who's going to challenge our heart with the preaching of the Word. So, uh, come expect and believe and announce it on Facebook. Uh, get, uh, get the word out and just believe the Lord for a great day. Genesis chapter number 6, verse number 13. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. 
Make thee an oak or, or an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make of it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. The breadth of it 50 cubits. The height of it 30 cubits. And a window shalt thou make to the ark. And in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof. With lower, second, and third story shalt thou make it. And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven and everything that is in the earth. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons and thy wife, and thy son's wife with thee. And verse number 19, And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee. They shall be male and female. A fowls after their kind, of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after his kind. Two of every sort shall come unto thee to keep them alive. And take thou unto thee all of food is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Verse 22, Thus did Noah, according to all God commanded him, so did he. Man, God gave specific instructions. Noah moved with obedience, and the Bible says he did according to all that God commanded him. So did he. I want to preach to you tonight, if the Lord will help me, for just a few minutes on this thought, preparing for the rain. Preparing for the rain. If you will, stretch forth your hands one more time and ask God to help us and anoint us in this sanctuary tonight. Father, we love you. We are so thankful. For your spirit that we've been made to feel. You are a good God. And you have done good things for us. Father I'm asking now. As we endeavor to preach your word. God I pray that you would anoint. God my feeble attempts. God I pray that you would. God anoint me in my weakness. Your word says that when I am weak. You are made strong. God the weaker that I am in my flesh. And in myself. God, the stronger that you are, the stronger that you're able to operate in me. God, I need you as always. I confess and profess. Have no talents, no giftings, no abilities outside of you, but with you, by you, and through you, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Help us now. Anoint us as we pray. In Jesus' name we pray it. And the church says amen. amen. And amen. A simple thought and three simple points tonight. Man, just going to share with you preparing for the rain. We read this story and we have been taught this story all the way up from uh, Sunday school to children's church. And it's been preached on many, many times. I think Brother Eddie preached from these same verses about Noah uh, within the month. I've preached from here many times before. You know this story as well as I do. But there's one fact that uh, that, that, that blows my mind and is very hard for, for me to comprehend. But to put yourself into Noah's day, when God came to him and told him to prepare an ark, to get ready to, to make an ark, he gave him all the specifications, a, 
A massive vessel it was. But God told him to build an ark because a flood was going to come. But Noah was living in a day and in a generation that they had never seen a drop of rain. It had never rained like we know it. it, it, it this was a foreign concept to them. God blessed the, 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 the earth with dew, but as far as rain, as far as floods, had never rained uh, in, in any sense before. And all of a sudden, God shows up and He tells Noah, Noah, the end of all flesh is before me. I'm going to send a flood and I'm going to destroy all of the earth. It, it repents me that I have made man. It did not repent the way that you and I have to repent in the altar when we fall on our face in repentance and, and come to God. It simply means that God changed His thoughts, that God changed His mind, God changed His process to men. He loved men. He created them in His own image. But as their hearts and their minds were on evil continually, uh, God uh, set forth a plan to, to right the world, to right the wrong, and to, uh, to bring about judgment for the sin that had crept into the world and had engulfed the world to the point where their minds were only evil continually. So put yourself in the Noah's shoes. You love the Lord. You love God. You have found grace in the eyes of the Lord is what the Bible says. He was a man favored of God. And all of a sudden, maybe he was in a prayer meeting. Maybe he had just offered a sacrifice. Maybe he was meditating. Maybe he was sitting in his uh, easy chair watching the sunrise or sunset. But God shows up to him and tells him, Hey Noah, build an ark. Build this massive vessel that will hold two animals of every kind that are unclean. And seven animals of every kind that are clean. By the way, you're going to have to have food to feed those animals. You're going to have to have food for your families. And make sure that your family is in the ark. Because I'm going to destroy all the earth with a flood. By the way, work while you can. Redeem the time. Amen. When you're done, that's when the flood is coming. Can you imagine hearing those words? Can you imagine the Lord uh, speaking that to your heart in your prayer time? Can you imagine you receiving that message? I, I can imagine maybe with the consternation that Noah received the message. I, I, I don't know about this. Oh, yeah. God, is this really you? Yes. Oh, yes. You're talking about a flood. We've never seen a drop of rain. <laughs> How's this going to happen? I, I don't know. But immediately, Noah began preparing for rain. Yes. Yes. Noah didn't brush off the message. He didn't take a lightly. He received a word of warning from the Lord. He received a revelation from heaven of what was going to come. And that day, Noah began preparing for rain. Number one, despite what Noah saw, he began preparing for the rain. No doubt it was dry. They had never seen rain in this fashion. When Noah looked at the landscape the day after God gave him this revelation, the landscape didn't change a bit. It was the same dry parcel of ground that it was the day before he received the revelation. 
Nothing had changed. No, there was no uh, strike of lightning. There was no uh, rain clouds or thunderheads billowing up. It all looked the same. No doubt dry uh, dirt possibly in the land. But despite what he saw in the natural, he had a word from the Lord that inspired him to work. Despite what his physical eyes could see, he knew what God had told him. Again, in verse 13, the end of all flesh has come before me. The earth was filled with violence. I will destroy the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark and shalt pitch it within and without. That was the warning that he received. That was the mandate, the message that Noah received. And if you want to know how Noah responded, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter number 11, verse 7, by faith Noah. Being warned of God of things not seen as of yet, moved with fear, preparing an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness by which is by faith. Notice the words that it said. This was not Noah talking about himself, but this was God talking about Noah in the Hall of Faith chapter that he became the heir of righteousness which is by faith. Amen. A champion, a hero of the faith. How was he able to receive such commendation from God himself? He he received it because he was willing to prepare for rain when nobody else was. He was willing to do the work when nobody else was regardless of if it was just him and his three boys. Amen. They did the work and prepared for the rain and God gave them this Amen. Accommodation. Hallelujah. It's so easy to look at your current circumstances and to give up on many aspects because of things that you see in the natural or the things that you see in the flesh. We must not. And then just look through the eyes or through the lenses of our eyes. The Bible says that we walk by faith and not by sight. I cannot always rely on what my physical eyes see me or show me. Sometimes I've got to peer through the eyes of faith. I've got to look through spiritual eyes and spiritual lenses. I've got to look through things the way God would have me to see them. And oftentimes that story is vastly different than what the natural eye can see. The natural eyes in the Old Testament saw an army of 180,000 people that surrounded them on every side. Oh, but through the spiritual eyes, the old prophet of God saw a great victory. Through the natural eyes, Elijah saw all the prophets of Baal that was worshiping a false god. But he stood up one man because he saw something different through the lens and the eye of the Spirit. You can't always rely on what you see in the flesh. Amen. But we must pray, God, give Give me your eyes. Give me your heart. Let me see this world the way that you see this world. Amen. And when God comes at you and tells you, despite never seeing a drop of rain, build an ark. Gather the animals. Get your family on board. Amen. Looking in the flesh, that looks absolutely ludicrous. But looking through the eyes of the Spirit, He gathered the wood. He went to work. And He prepared for the rain. Listen, it matters not what you see in the flesh. 
even when it seems to be crazy, and even when it seems that spiritual rain is never going to be obtained, never going to be received, don't stop preparing for the rain. Don't stop preparing for the blessings of the Lord. When conditions are dry, don't lose heart. Prepare for the rain. If Bible way goes through a dry spell, and thank God we hadn't for the last several months, God's been blessing, God's been talking each and every service. Powerful what God is doing in us, in this body. I'm humbled and I'm awestruck. But if it ends tonight and it stops tonight, and it's dry as cracker juice for the next three months. And you can't buy an amen with a $20 bill. And you couldn't write a check for a million dollars to make somebody shout. Amen. Don't go by what you see in the eyes of the flesh. Don't even go by what you feel in the natural. But hold on. Church, God's given us the promise of rain. Amen. God's given us the promise that in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Amen. Just Despite what you see, despite what you feel, despite what you know, church, we've got to prepare for the rain. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Remember the story I heard many years ago about a pastor in Kentucky who had a son that he raised up in the fear and the admonition of God. But when the boy got older, Started enjoying the party scene. Backslid on God. Walked away from the things of God. And every night, he would be out partying. Come in two or three o'clock in the morning. Drunk as a skunk. Falling and sliding his way in the house and crawling up the stairs. Well, go up the stairs, crawl into bed, sleep, get up the next day and do it all over again. But it got to be the point where the drunken stupor started getting worse. He started becoming aggressive against his parents. Now, I would like to think what I would do as a parent if that was the case. But if there is anything that Harper Claire Brown has taught me, that's not to say what you will or won't do as a parent before you get into the situation. There's a lot of things that I said as a parent I never would do. <laughs> but when she looks at you and smiles and bats them eyes, go ahead, honey. <laughs> within reason and within limit. And when I'm hearing this story, if I've got a drunk son coming in and now he's getting aggressive to me and my wife, I mean, I can put him out of the house just as quick as he come in. And the first time I heard that story, that's what I was thinking. And no doubt some men that are godly men in this house would probably say the same thing. But as he was being praying, God talked to him and said, leave him alone. Dad started fasting and praying. Fasting and praying. Getting worse and getting worse. All of a sudden, one day in prayer, God spoke to the man of God's heart and said, go pull a suit out of the closet. And get it dry cleaned. Because I'm about to save him. And he's going to need it. Yes. That dad. Thought in his heart. Amen. This is the answer to my prayer. He takes the suit out of the closet. Goes down to the dry cleaners. It takes him about two or three days to get it clean. 
Those two or three days was worse than it had ever been before. And he's thinking, God, I believe you. I trust you. I think that was your voice. I must have missed it. Amen. The attacks were getting worse. The drunken rage was getting worse. Amen. But it's, when the, they let him know that the, the suit was out of the dry cleaners, he went already. He drove down to the dry cleaners and he put it in his closet. And they went on about their way. They went to bed at about 2 o'clock that morning. Sure enough, the boy comes stumbling in the house. Tries to make it up the stairs. Can't even make it up. He falls backwards in the stairs. Amen. Passed out in the hallway drunk. They couldn't get him up the stairs and put him in bed so they just left him. About the, I don't know what time it was. Five or six o'clock in the morning, uh, there was a knock on the door. Uh, you hear the parents thinking, here it goes again. Uh, he's about to come in and start beating on us all over again. Uh, but as soon as they opened up the door, uh, they saw that boy as he was kneeled down in the floor with tears uh, streaming down his face. Uh, amen. He said, Mom and Dad, uh, I've got to get saved. Uh, something's got a hold of my heart uh, that I can't shake loose. Uh, something happened uh, in that space from the time that I came into the house uh, to rise now and conviction has gripped me and I don't want to go to hell amen he prayed his way through to old fashioned salvation it wasn't long God had filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and at the time I heard the story that young boy was still preaching the gospel in the state of Kentucky at that point in time what happened there was a dad that was a modern day Noah that heard the voice of the Lord it sounded impossible amen the situation was as bleak as it had ever been but despite what he saw with his natural eye despite what he experienced in his natural body he had a word from the Lord and brother Meeks he began to prepare for rain he began to say I don't know how it's coming I don't know how you're going to save him but I just have a promise from the Lord and I know it's going to happen listen the word of God says that he is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should repent if he has promised you rain, get to preparing for it. If he promised you your children would be saved, clean the suit off. Take it to the cleaners. Get it ready. And then fatten up the cow. Polish the ring. Press the clothes. Get the shoes ready. Because if he said it, despite what we can see, he will send the rain. As parents, we must prepare for rain yes. when it comes to our children. Yes. Yes. No matter what we see, yes, right. we must right. get ready for rain. Yes. If a farmer never plants a garden, he never will receive a harvest. Right. If a fisherman never wets a hook, never going to catch a fish. Unless he does something illegal, but that's a different story for a different day. If a hunter never hits the woods, he's never going to have a trophy hanging on the wall. The fact of the matter is, to receive something, sometimes you have to prepare yourself to enjoy the bounty and the blessing. Say amen. amen. Noah had to prepare to get ready. Amen. Noah had to prepare. If a Christian don't prepare themselves, then oftentimes... They will miss the rain. They'll miss it because their heart is not prepared. 
Number one, despite what we see, we must prepare. Number two, despite what you hear, you must prepare. Can you imagine, Noah? The, the Bible doesn't say this. But I can't imagine that it didn't happen. Here Noah is. Receives a word from the Lord. God gives him specific dimensions. Said a flood's coming. Never seen a drop of rain. Never seen a flood. But Noah was moved with fear. Crafted that ark. Began moving. Commentaries tell you he worked on that ark for about 120 years. Can you imagine how many jokes were said about Noah in that 120 year span? Can you imagine how many people called him crazy? How many people called him foolish? How many people in their mind and with their tongue tried to have him committed to the insane asylum? Noah, you've fallen off your rocker. You're crazy. Can you imagine the insults and the snares that he heard. But despite every evil and wicked report, Noah kept preparing. Yes. Despite everything that he saw, despite everything that he heard, amen, while the neighbors were laughing at him, he was hammering on the nails. While the neighbors were laughing at him, he had the saw going with his boys, sweating, working, getting the ark ready. Listen, there's going to be times where you're going to be called foolish. You're going to be called crazy. You're going to be laughed at. You're going to be ridiculed. You're going to be mocked. I mean, you're going to face persecution. Somebody on Facebook's not going to like your status. It's going to happen. You're going to be the brunt of somebody else's joke. When you try to live right and you try to live righteous and you try to live holy, uh, amen, people are going to attack you. Uh, amen, that's been your best friend for years. Uh, amen, never said a crossword to you. But all of a sudden, uh, you start living your life with a standard. Uh, here come the little jokes. Uh, here comes the little jabs. Uh, amen, but listen, uh, you've got to be more concerned about the spiritual reign uh, than you are about the insults and the jabs. Uh, amen, despite what you see uh, and despite what you hear, uh, keep on preparing for the rain. Keep on walking. Amen. This highway of holiness. Keep on walking the path of righteousness. Keep on working. Keep on singing. Keep on praying and shouting despite every adverse and every word of adversity that comes against your way. Forget about what you hear and hold on to what God said. No doubt Noah had to hear with his ears what they were saying about him in town. But I have to believe in his heart, Brother Joey. It was on repeat what the Word of God said. Amen. Every time he heard an insult from his neighbor, amen, reverberating in his spirit was the voice of God. Amen. And I can tell you the voice of God Trumps the voice of mortal man any day of the week. Amen. Don't pay attention to what you hear. Amen. And I can tell you, not only are you going to experience snars or snares and insults in the flesh, but there's not going to be a day that goes by that you're not going to have the devil in your ear. 
Listen, I remember points and times in my young Christian experience when the devil coming to me and had me even questioning my own salvation. I knew God had saved me. I knew what I felt in that altar. I knew that there had been a change. But I had that devil on my shoulder telling me in my ear, you're not really saved. Amen. You're not really right with God. I know what you were. I know where you've been. I know what you did. And if we're not careful, we'll begin listening to the voices and the lies of the enemy. And I can tell you, not only was it bad in salvation, but it was twice as bad when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's flesh. That's flesh. That's emotion. That's not the Holy Ghost. Amen. You really did get filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. All of that was just made up in your mind. Amen. But listen to me. The Bible says this. Always remember. When the devil comes against you telling you what you are or what you're not. The Bible says that he is a liar and the father of all lies. If the devil comes at you talking at you, uh, amen, you can bank on it. Uh, it is a lie birthed in the pit of hell. Uh, amen. If he comes at you and telling you, uh, I, I heard one uh, on a song recently, uh, a song says a, a woman was testifying. She said, when the devil comes at me uh, and tells me I'm not saved, uh, she said, I automatically know within my heart uh, that I am saved. Uh, amen. If he comes at me and telling me, uh, amen, that I'm going to die, uh, what I'm battling in my body is going to kill me, I know. Amen. That I that, that God is able to heal me. He's trying to sow the seeds of doubt and discouragement. She said, whatever the, the devil comes at me and tells me I am, I begin to talk back to him and tell him I'm not. And if he tells me I'm not something, I shout out, I am that. Amen. There are going to be times when we're preparing for rain. You're going to have to deal with the attacks and the jokes of others. And you're going to have to deal with the lies of the enemy and the devil. But you've got to forget about what you see in the natural, uh, you got to forget about what you hear in the physical, uh, and you got to hold on uh, to what God says, uh, no matter how dry it may be, uh, no matter how bad the jokes may get. Uh, God said it's going to rain, uh, so I uh, am going to prepare uh, for the rain. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Number three, despite what you see, prepare for rain. Despite what you hear, prepare for rain. Sometimes, despite what we know, prepare for rain. One of the biggest battlegrounds of the devil is not what he can show you with your eyes. Not what you hear with your ears, but what you think That's on in it. your mind. The mind is oftentimes the devil's biggest battle yes, battleground. Yes, yes, it is. Before anybody ever backslides and falls out with God, yeah. it starts with a thought right. in the mind. Amen. Now the sin is not in the thought. The sin is when we put action yeah. behind the thought. Yeah. That's why we have to bring into subjection every thought. Bring it into captivity. Every thought that comes against the things and the ways of God. Yes. Listen, Noah, I know they didn't have a newspaper in the day, but every time I, the morning popped up, sun come up, looked up, checked the signs, seen if there was any clouds on sight, he had to battle what he knew in his mind. 
He had to battle what everybody else was telling him. He knew it had never rained. He knew that it goes against all yeah. common sense and common knowledge in the day. He knew that he wasn't going to find a rain forecast in the weather section and the farmer's almanac on the weather channel. Rain was nowhere in the forecast. As a matter of fact, they didn't even have a forecast. There was no rain. So he had to battle not only what he saw, what he heard, but he had to battle knowledge of what he knew in his mind. That the things of God was rubbing contrary to the mind of his flesh. And I can tell you, if you're going to receive any blessing from, the, from God, it is going to go counterproductive and it is going to go against the grain of everything that is in the finite mind of human man. The way it comes, how to receive it, what you're going to do with it, the blessings of God. The, the finite carnal mind has no way, has, has, has no means of understanding the infinite, the infinite supernatural power and blessings of God. Listen, as we prepare for rain, I'm talking about a spiritual rain. We've got to get past what we see, what we hear, what we know. We must also realize and get past the wickedness of our day. Oh, yes. Amen. Yes. Listen, it's bad right now. And it seems to be getting worse by the second. Yeah. When you check the spiritual pulse and the spiritual temperature of our nation and our world. But we have not yet reached the point of Noah's day where only one man found grace oh in the eyes of the Lord. The Bible says that the thoughts, the intents of their heart was only evil continually. They didn't think about God. They didn't worship God. Just fast forward uh, the years before Adam walked with God, fellowship with God, communed with God. Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. But yet the spiritual condition of, that, uh, 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 of our text had that was a downward spiral to the point where only their, their mind only thought about evil continually. When Noah looked at the spiritual condition of his land, when, when he looked and he, he took the spiritual pulse and the spiritual temperature, it would have been very easy to say, I give up. It's too far gone. There's no hope. God, where are you at? Why is it that it seems like sin and evil is is dominant and prevailing. And it seems like I'm trying to do everything that I can to obey your word. And I've got to see no results for 120 years. I get to hear the jabs and the insults. I've got to battle my mind with what I know. And on top of this, it seems like the evil and the wicked are, 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 are flourishing. And then it seems like they're having their day. And I'm the persecuted with little old Noah here that's trying to do the will of God. And then it just seems to be getting worse and worse and worse by the day. But even in the midst of wickedness when there was only one, that was all that God needed. 
Oh, hallelujah. And then the Bible says, Genesis 6, verse 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. In the midst of wickedness, there was still one man God could talk to. In the midst of ungodliness, there was still one man God could share his heart with. In the middle of all the debauchery and the sin, there was still one man who was tender and pliable to the things of God, who received a word from heaven and a revelation from God. Oh, that gives me joy in my heart, despite what every Democrat in Washington tries to push, despite all the hell... Amen. That we're fighting in this ungodly and untoward generation. There was a remnant in Noah's day. And there is a remnant in our day. We don't have to compromise. We don't have to throw in the towel and quit. We don't have to walk away from what we know. But in the midst of this ungodly world, we have a word from the Lord. We have a promise from Almighty God. I've already quoted it in the last days. Saying, God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. In the book of it says that times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. No matter how spiritually dry it gets in the world, I'm glad to be a part of the remnant. I'm glad to be a Noah in my day. And I refuse to give up. I refuse to quit. I refuse to throw in the towel and be a casualty. But I made up in my mind I am going to prepare for rain. I don't know how it's coming. I don't know when it's coming. Despite what I see despite what I hear despite what I know I am preparing for the rain look up tonight look up tonight and I believe it may be a cloud the size of a man's hand brother Minx I believe it may be the faintest little blimp on the horizon. Amen. But I believe for the remnant, we're about to see a rain. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe. But all the more, if I didn't believe it, I'd quit the ministry, put the microphone down, and walk in the other direction. If I didn't believe that God was not going to forsake His church, if I didn't believe uh, that God, as long as that remnant is here, uh, that we can have a Holy Ghost filled, uh, fire baptized, uh, heaven sends revival, uh, amen, I, I, I would have no hope, uh, as Paul said. Uh, I would be of a man most miserable. Uh, oh, but I've tasted and I've seen that the Lord uh, is good. Uh, I've received a little down payment, uh, the earnest of my inheritance, uh, and I have to believe the closer that we get to the rapture, uh, He's not coming back for a lukewarm, uh, and I cold bride but he's coming back for the same church that he left that was filled with the Holy Ghost and fire in the upper room fire baptized on fire hot burning with the fire of the Holy Ghost that's the bride that he's coming back for and if we're going to be that bride it's time to prepare for the rain it's time to get ready it's time Noah to begin the preparation it may be dry now oh but the work that you're doing it's going to pay off when the rain comes. What about Elijah? I'm hurrying to a close. What about Elijah? Three and a half years. Not a drop of rain. What did he see? He saw a drought. He saw death. He saw barren land. But despite what he saw, Brother Minx, he served a God that was able to see the rain. Send the rain.
What did he hear on Mount Carmel? For hours, he heard the prophets of Baal crying out to a God that would not answer. He heard them crying out to their God hour after hour after hour with no response. What did he hear? He had to hear insults. You old fogey. Things have changed. Get with the times. Look at our cold. God help us. Look how many we've got on our side. And you're just one little old man. What difference can one man make? Oh, we see what difference one man did make. We saw it with Noah. We saw it with Elijah. Despite what he knew, Elijah was outnumbered. He was outmanned. But I can tell you, he was not outgunned. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. He had a power source and a God. Amen. <laughs> That works best uh, when the odds are against him. Uh, that works best when we're weak and we have no power and we're frail. Uh, because it's in our weakness that he is made strong. Uh, despite what he saw. Despite what he heard. Despite what he knew. Uh, despite the wickedness that was all around. Uh, despite the work that he had to do in preparing the altar and getting things ready. Uh, after he slew the prophets of Baal. Uh, he began praying, oh God, uh, now we're ready for the rain. There was a whole litany of things that had to be done. I preached on it many times. I go back and listen to the C CD. Uh, uh, God's conditions for revival. Or, or another time I preached on repentance. And what repentance means. Uh, as he repented. Uh, as he called upon the name of God. As he rebuilt the altar. Uh, there was a lot of things that he had to do. Oh, yes. But when he prepared his heart. Yes. He started praying God. Now we're ready for rain. He put his head between his knees. One more act of faith. He told Ahab. He said get thee up. Go. There's the sound of the abundance of rain. But put his head between his knees. Crying out to God. Said Gehazi. I. Said go tell me if you see any rain. One time climb Mount Carmel. Nothing. Two times. What you see Gehazi. I? Nothing. Go again. Three times. Nothing. Despite what he saw, despite what he heard, despite what he knew, he still had a word from the Lord. Seven times Gehazi I climbed that mountain. At that seventh time, he came back, I believe, shouting the glory. Elijah, I saw a cloud. <laughs> I see a cloud. The size of a man's hand. He told Ahab, get thee down and eat and drink. I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. And the Bible said that Elijah outran the chariots of Ahab. Amen. Y'all want you to notice that. Kings had the finest chariots of the day. Amen. The top breed. The stallions of the day. The king had in their possession. Amen. But the man of God, once he was touched of God and he saw evidence of the rain, he could outrun a Kentucky Derby winner because he had revival in his soul. I'm telling you folks, it's time for the church of the living God. Despite what we know, it was wicked for Noah. It was wicked for Elijah. It's wicked for us. But if they had revival, if they had a move of God, if they had rain, then bless God, he is no respect of a person. What he did for them, he can do for us. We can't use the cop out the days are evil. So we're just going to hang our harp on a will and no. It's time to pray more. It's time to fast more. It's time to seek the face of God. Get our hearts ready. 
because I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. I'm hurting. You can stand with me all over the building. I'm done. Kirsten, come on. When a preacher preaches, what's he doing? He's preparing for rain. God showed me this, uh, this afternoon in James chapter number 5. If any are sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church to anoint him with oil to pray the prayer of faith. It will save the sick. I want you to notice something. God dealt with me in my heart. When that person that is sick obeys the scripture, when they step, get up to get out of the pew, I want you to notice they're sick. Or else they wouldn't need to come down for healing. When they step out of the pew and walk down the aisle, they're sick. When they come down to the front of the church and say, I need the church to pray for me, they're sick. Listen, faith never denies reality. That's right. That's right. There's yeah. this goofy generation. Yeah, right. Don't speak this over me, it'll come yeah. to pass. Yeah. Listen, if you got high blood pressure, you got high blood pressure. That's it. If you got diabetes, you got diabetes. Whether you say it or whether you don't, you still got the problem. Faith never denies reality. Faith never tells you to uh, cast out reality. But you must never let your reality become bigger than your faith. When that person gets out of the pew dealing with the reality of life, they're sick. They need a healing. They need God. What are they doing? They're simply preparing for rain. That's it. They're obeying the scripture. They're doing what God commanded. God, I'm stepping out in faith. I'm preparing my heart. I'm obeying your word. Amen. I'm believing you for a miracle. When we pray, lay hands on them and anoint them, what are we doing? We're just believing God and preparing for rain. I can't heal a man. You can't heal a man. Oh, but I can talk to one that can. And if he can touch them and he can do the work, oh, they can have a Holy Ghost gusher in their life. Amen. The rain comes from God. God, the preparation comes from us. Amen. When a singer sings, what should they be doing? They should be preparing for rain. They're not singing for you. They're not singing for me. They're singing for God. When they practice, could this be the song? Oh, that hold the Holy Ghost anoints and God moves. Listen, oftentimes we ask the question, what song should we sing in a service? When really we should be asking God, what song do you want to hear? What do you feel like listening to tonight, Lord? What song do you want us to sing? Is it amazing grace? How sweet the sound? Is it just a little talk with Jesus? Uh, amen. We don't sing just to move our emotions. No. Uh, we're setting the atmosphere getting ready for rain. Uh, amen. We're setting the atmosphere to get ready uh, for a move of the Holy Ghost. Uh, listen, when we do what we do for the kingdom, uh, we're not doing it for us. Uh, amen. We're doing it uh, in preparation uh, for the rain. I felt this in a prayer. I'm done. When you're so weak in your body, I felt this today so strong. When you're weak in your body and it feels like all you can do 
to get up and get dressed and put one foot in front of the other to get to the house of God. You may not know it and you may not realize it, but each and every move you make and every step you take, you're showing God that you're preparing for the rain. Sometimes it takes all that we can do to get to the house of God. Sometimes we're so weak in our own strength and in our own body, so beat down by this flesh, beat down by the physical, sometimes so beat down by the devil. We come in plain. We come in wounded. We come in tired. You may have to crawl to get to the house of God. But if you've got to crawl, crawl. Oh, if you've got to get down on your hands and knees and put your fingernails in the carpet to get enough traction and grip to get you into the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost. Make. You're telling God, Lord, amen, I'm weak, but I'm preparing for rain. I don't know where the strength is coming from, but I'm preparing for rain. Every time your knees hit the carpet and you're crying out to God, it's not vain repetition. It's not just going through the motions, but it's preparing your heart for the rain. Every time you teach that Sunday school lesson teacher and it seems like nobody else is listening and nobody cares, you look out in the congregation and they're balancing their checkbook or reading the mail. Amen. You're not doing it for them. You're preparing for rain. You're getting ready. And sooner or later, it may not come today. It may not come tomorrow. But God has promised that He will send the rain. So if He's going to send it, I'm going to prepare for it. I'm going to be ready. And my prayer tonight is, oh God, open up the floodgates of heaven. It may be just a cloud the size of a man's hand. But I know that thing will grow. I know it'll billow and sooner or later the clouds are going to bust forth and it's going to rain and church when he rains I want to be right in the middle of the spout if that's your desire prepare your heart for rain step out of your pew and throw your hands toward heaven and meet me in this altar tonight oh God I gotta have rain it's dry it's barren my family needs the rain. My children need the rain. 